We have kicked off. It is the podcast play on the football podcast episode 55. As always, get us on all podcast platforms. I go by the name of Ben English. And as always, we have our uh, hosts, Cal. How you doing, sir? Very good. How you doing, yourself? Very well, man. Thank you for joining us. And we have Ash. How you doing, sir? What's going on? I'm good. Yeah, man. Good, good. Episode 55. And we have a very special guest. Ash, I'm going to let you introduce him as... Uh, you, you brought him in, sort of George Mendes type of agent to his superstarness. Um, Trust me, <laughs> it's a real reversal. So he's the reason I'm on the podcast now. Um, so again, a big thank you to Seth Combo um, for introducing me to you guys. And yeah, man, just happy to have you back, bro. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a it's been a minute, but obviously I listened to the podcast and it's it's sounding good every week and. I think Ash, you've definitely grown with a lot of confidence and, you know, you're sounding good even when you're hosting on your own when Ben was away. Yeah, man. Top, top stuff. Top stuff. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, uh, yeah, Seth, everyone's uh, your, your favourite DJ's favourite DJ. Should we just throw it out there as well? Someone who's working hard in the scene, doing great things in the music scene. So make sure you follow Seth Combo on his journeys, go to his bookings, listen to his mixes, talented guy. Um just as we know, well, we know, but the listeners might not know, what's your team and could you sum up, rather than the season in three words, because it's pretty early doors, could you sum up your team's transfer window so far? Yeah, so I support uh, Manchester United and the transfer window in, what, three words? A yes. mad thing. <laughs> A mad thing. Exclamation mark. Just elaborate on that. I mean, did you did you see it going the way it has gone with, with bringing in these big signings? Yeah, I think it was definitely due for a centre-back. Um, so I was a bit surprised that we got someone as talented as Varane in. Um, but yeah, Ronaldo coming through is just an absolute madness. I don't know if that's actually officially, like, officially official, like he's rubber-stamped everything. I just see he's welcome back, uh, subject to uh, agreeing terms and stuff. Uh, Sancho, well overdue. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a crazy one, um, but yeah, a bit surprised at the Ronaldo. Well, actually, very surprised at Ronaldo and possibly the talent of Iran. Mm. Surprised at mm. that, the way we've been buying of recent. How do you think Solskjaer's gonna bed them all in and deal with these egos and sort of find the balance that you need to win the league? Because that's ultimately what they're aiming for: the league and a good run in the Champions League. So, how do you think he's gonna handle that? Man, I don't know. I think we've probably got the best forward line in the league, like by name and by numbers that we can potentially put up. Um, that forward line, I don't know how he's going to deal with that. Really don't. So um, this is really going to test his managerial and, and and social skills because it's a lot that he's got to do. I mean, he's got to make sure that Greenwood, for example, is still thriving and still learning, mm. but also getting those minutes. I think out of everybody in that team, he is the most important person because he is the one that's got a, a future ahead of him how do you manage that if you can mm-hmm. manage it properly then it's all good mm-hmm. uh, you know if we don't win a title because of the i don't mind that i'd love to win a title but if mason greenwood's talent gets that kind of stifled because of what's going on right now that's a bigger problem for me mm. Well, we'll uh, we'll elaborate more on the Ronaldo signing a bit later, and I know Ash has got a theory, but just bringing in such big players can only help the younger generations coming through. 
So big things expected in Manchester on the red side. We're going to start off with the results. And we're going to jump to the blue side of Manchester. The early kickoff on Saturday uh, midday, Manchester City were hosting Arsenal. You know, the teacher against the apprentice. Um, Mikel Arteta, desperate need for some sort of result or sort of turnaround in fortune or a performance that the team was facing two losses in two games, hadn't scored a goal. Um, Lackluster against Brentford, totally outclassed by Chelsea. A midweek um, men against boys game against West Brom sort of brought a bit of hope for a second, but then it all came crashing down and it all came crashing down inside the first 10 minutes. Goals from Gundawan, a.k.a. Gundaklart, as Cal likes to name him. Um, and Torres early goals there sort of made this thing. Oh, here we go again. Arsenal switching to a new formation, changing players in, trying to overthink it. And before you know it, at halftime, 3-0 down, Granit Xhaka, red card, awful tackle, players uh, all over the shop, fans leaving at halftime, that long drive up to Manchester, leaving at halftime, and it ended 5-0. Um, Ash, I'm going to go to you, and then I'm going to pass you. <laughs> only, because, be only because your thoughts, and then Cal, and then Seth, obviously, get your thoughts from an outsider. I mean... Watching the game, did you have any hopes of, of of anything? Maybe a draw at best, or an improved performance in the in the previous two games? No, I think we're lucky. It was only five. Um, I genuinely have not. I've got not a single thing to say about this club at the moment. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, no, genuinely, we were lucky. It was only five. Um, I think if Man City wanted to really send a statement and gave us maybe nine, ten. I genuinely think they could have done that. I think the, the manager um, picking the team that he did based off of the opponents we were playing, I can't see for rhyme or reason why you'd go into a game against Manchester City, a team who are synonymous with like exceptional midfield creativity and go with one midfielder one recognized central midfielder in in the game um you you've put in players who we've been trying to sell for the whole summer in Kalasanach and Cedric Suarez um you've you've just I I I, I, I don't know I, I don't know if someone can explain Mikel Arteta's selection for me please I will I'll buy them a bottle of drink Whatever they want, like they can have the pin to my account. Like genuinely, I just don't, I do not understand the sense of that. Like I knew he was gonna lose, but there's 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 ways of losing, and that felt like he kind of gave up. Um, mm. And then Jacar, the red card. Someone made a comment said, "You see that on Sunday League where like the team's two three nil down, and someone's just like, I can't, but I want to go home early. People <laughs> <laughs> just throw themselves into that the stupidest tackle, tell their tell their teammates to f off, and then they just end up being being home by eleven thirty to watch um, songs of praise. So yeah, man, like I'm yeah, I'm done. That's that's all. I'm, that's all I'm gonna say without <laughs> without turning this into a very colourful episode that Cal has to put bleeps in for." <laughs> Well, I think uh, just before we started recording, Ash was talking about Kalasinac playing in a fireback. I mean, that is one of the most bizarre decisions. What is what is that all about? The guy doesn't really play, and then all of a sudden you see him popping up. I know we've got um, 
Ben White missing. But to be honest with you, the way Ben White started this season, I don't think he would have made a huge difference to the score. Um, Jack again sent off was obviously terrible. Just diving in like that, losing control. He should know better. This is a guy who was the captain of the club, supposed to be leading by example. Um, you know, I'm not going to put too much blame on Aubameyang. I, I don't think we created that many chances for him and he's missed so many, like, guilt-edged chances to, to get us into the game. It just looked like we were second best all over the pitch. I saw Odegaard getting absolutely bodied by Rodri in the first half and I just thought... <laughs> and then when you see Rodri popping up with a goal, that's when you know that, you know, this something's wrong, man. This guy shouldn't be getting forward and scoring goals. Great so, it, was, it was a neat goal. Yeah, it was a neat goal. Great finish. But yeah, it just is it's I think we've got big problems. This this just kind of highlights how big the problems are. You know, you should be able to see that obviously. If you can't beat a newly promoted team, then that's a bit of a an issue and then you know you go to Chelsea and City where you're not really expected to win those games um, so three defeats on the bounce just means the next game against Norwich is like a six pointer because I think if we <laughs> lose if we lose to Norwich Cronkers uh, uh, how can you just stand by Mikel Arteta <laughs> after that like four defeats on the bounce losing to two newly promoted teams like that's that's got to be it's got to be it isn't it Cal mm. yep. just said Norwich is a six pointer it is. It is. It is. <laughs> Mate, we're actually in a relegation battle. It's a, it's a bit early for that. It's a bit early for that. But I mean, no, look, you're in a relegation battle. Uh, Seth, speak on it then. So, what what can you see? I mean, we could do a whole pod on the problem at the moment, and we're not an Arsenal only podcast, thankfully, because there's enough of them out there, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> I know, man. But big up all the Arsenal fans, you know, those who gripe and whatever. But um, Seth, as a, as a Man United fan, and sort of this was the anniversary of the 8-2 defeat all those years ago. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> if you could pinpoint maybe That's one trouble. thing that you saw from yesterday's uh, game or the highlights, what, what would it be that caught your attention? I mean, first, on if you saw my Twitter, I did predict a 55-0 uh, win to <laughs> Man City. Um <laughs> That was close. I was it's a close. FIFA, it's a FIFA 21 rage quit type antics. There, <laughs> but um, from what I can see, I can just see that the this these group of players are just really not interested and subscribe to what this manager is trying to do. I actually still think um, that he is a good coach and he has good coaching methods. Uh, did actually say this in a in when the last time I was on a pod, I said that he's got some good stuff about him, but I just don't think. Um, they rate him and they respect him. I think the, the stuff that's gone on with Aubameyang and also Lacazette in, in the weeks and months and also Xhaka, um, he just hasn't put his foot down and sent a clear message to any player. We're not here to mess around. You defy me. You go the wrong way. You're out. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, I think that's the results that you're getting right now because of, mm. of, of simply those things. Um, maybe his hands are tied because the club maybe can't move or maybe those type of things that used to happen, especially with Sir Alex Ferguson, can't happen anymore with players. Maybe there's too much player power and stuff like that, that if a player does do a madness, like Kepa, for example, that's straight violation. That's straight out the club that season, next season. I, it feels like maybe clubs don't have that type of power to just kick out a player. Um, and say no good riddance yeah I think he's tried to put his foot down a number of times and being an ex-player maybe being quite young still there's not that fear 
or that respect like you're, you're mentioning that you get with a Mourinho or Conte and he's tried to put his foot down but then he's you know he's tried to put his arm around the players and he's still figuring it out um it is sad to see uh, from an Arsenal f- uh, fan's point of view. On the other side, though, we had an article with Pep Guardiola mentioning that he was uh, had plans to leave Manchester City by 2023, uh, although Ash was saying that he sort of retracted from that statement, saying he might see how things go. I mean, Ash, what's your thoughts on Pep and his, his time at Man City? If he does leave in a few years and he doesn't win the Champions League, can you see his time at Man City a failed project? I think failure is too harsh of a word, um, even if they don't win the Champions League, because I think he's moved the club forward. They're a lot closer to winning the Champions League than they've ever been. Um, they've achieved their first final. Um, the squad, the profile of player. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's spent a lot of money, but you have to factor in just the quality of some of the other teams that are in Europe as well. But I do think he should have won a Champions League by now. Um, and actually, I think he threw the final away. Um, in May or June when he decided to play like Gundogan as a single pivot, took Rodri out the side, um, played Zinchenko when Cancelo's been far better on the left-hand side of defence and Carl Walker has obviously been exceptional at right-back. And then even the, the, the um, decision to play Sterling in the final, like I'm a big Sterling fan, but he'd been out the team for a while. The team had a real good balance. And as a result, it just kind of completely crumbled, and Chelsea ended up becoming quite easy winners if you really check the um, the way the way that the game went. So, mm. I think I think looking at the state of football now, with obviously what's happened at PSG, um, Bayern just will be ruthlessly efficient in what they're trying to do. You've got like Liverpool coming back in, you've got um, Chelsea strengthening. I think it's a lot harder to win the Champions League this season. Yeah. Um, and as a result, if he were to do it, it would be an even bigger feat. But I think you can't call him a failure because of what he's done in the league. Like, to get 100 points, he's actually made Liverpool better as well. Like, Liverpool had to be so good to be able to beat him. So as a result, he's actually he's actually grazed the standard of the league and mm. the teams in the league. So I could never call Guardiola a failure. But missing, missing the CL for a second club would be would be a blot on his, on his copybook. I wonder what next room after City. I mean, the Spanish national team would probably make the most sense if he wasn't lured to another club and uh, taking it to the sort of Euros and the World Cup. Um, In another article related to the Arsenal City one, um, ex-Arsenal star Jack Wilshere recently in The Athletic uh, gave a really good interview with Jack Ornstein talking about... um, struggling to find a club at the minute no one wants him uh, the headline my son says to me how come no club wants you um how does he explain that you know to his son someone who was you know the golden boy for arsenal he was england's best player for a short period when he played and then obviously played by injuries and then didn't quite cut it at bournemouth bounced around and now it's it's quite sad to see someone like that who's still young um not find a club cow i mean what's your views on jack wilshire at the moment Obviously, Arsenal fans are really fond of Jack Wilshere. And, um, hey, man, with Xhaka getting sent off, you know, we've got an opening for a left-footed midfielder. <laughs> Maybe we should bring him in. Um, I suppose he can't be any worse than uh, what we've seen from our midfielders so far. But it's obviously, it's really sad to see that a player of such quality with so much promise didn't really become the player that we all knew he could become. And is now in this kind of situation. 
But uh, I suppose uh, there is a little glimmer of hope there because there's another article from The Athletic uh, that says the Wigan chairman offered Jack a playing opportunity. So there is potential for him to go to a League One club and to get some football under his belt there. Um, you just hope that, you know, he stays injury free. He gets into a, a rich vein of form and, you know, he gets his career back on track. Because mm. wherever he goes, let's hope he finds somewhere. <clears throat> Excuse me, obviously. But even if he doesn't get a contract in a playing capacity, what he has to offer for for young players. And, you know, he, he, he brought up during the Wenger era. He's still got a good IQ, something about him. I'd like to see a club offer him something in a coaching role or, you know, something with the younger ch- guy, girls or guys in the academy. So we, we really hope that he, he works out for him. I don't know if it's an attitude thing. Maybe it's the injury thing or we, we wait and see with Jack Wilshire. Yeah, Jack is finished, man. He's done as a player now. Mr. Glass, isn't it? Yeah, he's done. He's done. I just don't think he's got enough confidence um, to take himself forward. I just... Yeah, I just can't see it. So, yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you. Do the kind of Jody Morris type of thing and just get into that coaching because he's still got um, skills he can, mm. you know, give to the youth. Um, and he can become um, a real big student of the game as from the manager-coach perspective. That mm. Just let's let it go now as a as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, hear, you see him some, or you hear him on the radio sometimes, or as, as a good pundit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, definitely, I'd like to see him in a coaching capacity and helping future players because he he must have something about him. You know, he's such a wonderfully he was such a wonderfully gifted player, and it's a shame he just never kicked on. Yeah, when you burst on the scene, I was like, yeah, this guy's is cold. I think the one thing he just needs to make sure that he tells the players to release, don't do that last minute releasing the ball. That definitely has ruined him. Yeah, we ran it so many times and got crunched. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, moving on with results. Aston Villa won, Brentford won. The newly promoted team travelling to a Villa team who had been really uh, busy during the transfer period, and we're looking to kick on from previous results. Um, a good point here for Brentford. Ivan Tony finally scoring. I, I benched him for my fantasy team and I, against, my, against my better judgment. And he finally popped up with a seventh minute goal um, only to be cancelled out by Buendia, who scored with Danny Ings, who I stupidly made captain, trying to overthink things. Um, one all. Where, can we see Brentford staying up? I'm going to go, Ash. Can you see Brentford staying up? Do you think they're sort of showing early signs of a team that's ready to, to fight it out? Um. I think we need to wait a little while longer. I think yeah. whenever I think about who's going to stay up, I think about are there three teams worse than them? Mm. Um, and at the moment, there clearly are. But no, I think I think I think you need to see how it plays out because they've had a decent start. They were unbeaten, five points. Um, it's it's a, it's a very solid start. But once they do get that first defeat, how do they come back from that? That to me is always the big thing. Like it's like when you're winning and you've got a bit of momentum, it's one thing. But once you actually lose a game and then you've got City away, Liverpool at home, like one defeat becomes four or five very quickly, and that's when you really see what a team's made up of. But I think yeah, great. I'm glad Tony scored. I kept faith with him. Um, so yeah, I think I think they've got a chance. Yeah. Well, the next running. I mean, after Brentford at home to Brighton, then away to Wolves, and then they've got a string of four fixtures that's red on the fantasy football. They're at home to Liverpool, away to West Ham, home to Chelsea, and at home to Leicester, and that could be sort of 
you know, around the uh, winter period, just before sort of November kicks in, October, November kicks in, where they could uh, they could start to lose points. Um, I've been impressed with sort of how they've settled in. Ivan Tony, obviously, uh, I like him, and I'd like to see him get more goals, obviously, for fantasy purposes. And it's another English striker. Um, another team. I'm going to go to Cal uh, that have started off with great winning ways. Everton, uh, possibly a tricky game on paper with Brighton being sort of like a bit of a banana skin to a lot of teams. Uh, Everton pulling away with an impressive 2-0 win with goals again by Damari Gray. He's popped up again. I really like him. And Calvert-Lewin managing to wrestle the ball from an angry Richarlison to slot home the penalty. Um, have you been impressed with Everton, Cal? What you've seen so far? Definitely. Um, I did think about sticking a couple of Everton players in my uh, FPL team. Um, my dilemma at the start of the season was, do I go with Calvert-Lewin or Ings or Antonio? I knew I needed at least one of them. And um, in the end, I went with Ings. But yeah, Calvert-Lewin has been getting the goals into the back of the net. Um, picked up very well from where he left off last season. Um, I did look at Dinya at left back as well. Or Dean. I think you're supposed to say Dean, aren't you? Luca Dean. Um, but um, yeah, this Demara Gray, I didn't even realise that he was there until he popped up with a goal. And it's like, OK, Demara Gray's in the house and he's been quite consistent. You know, he seems to be doing it very well um, and with this kind of new look, Rafa Benitez, defensively solid, counter-attacking kind of Everton team. I think that because I really like Rafa as a coach. I know some people don't like him so much, but I, I've always respected the way that he sets his teams up to be really defensively solid. Um, and um, I think that Everton could have a very good season. Demar Gray as well. I, I wasn't expecting him to bring him in. You know, he's gone abroad. He's obviously enriched his uh, his skill level and his, his kind of culture kind of play by doing that. And he's bringing some of that back to the Premier League. Mm. So I'm looking forward to seeing him flexing his muscle and scoring more goals. He's, he looks a quality player, doesn't he? I think he definitely looks improved from uh, before he left to go yeah. abroad. He never really kicked on from... I mean, they signed Leicester signed him from Birmingham and he was full of promise. Young England international um, at the early stages. Didn't quite work with Brendan Rodgers. And, and I'm really impressed with him. Um, we were talking about formations before we started. Just looking at this now. Seth, I'll go past you before we move on to the next game. But it looked like on paper they had like almost a 4-4-2 here with Damari Gray and Andros Townsend on either wing. And then a no-nonsense midfield of Decore and Allen with Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin. You've been impressed with Everton so far? Uh, Everton normally uh, over the last few years have been having good fast starts. So... It's just another one where I'm like, oh, yeah, they do. I like the look of them, but I, I do think that they're going to just fade again. They're just going to have a bad run of results at home. It's going to be back to square one. So <laughs> I'm just kind of chilled on Everton um, yeah. now. Um, yeah, they can be defensive as they like, but yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not getting too gassed about them. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they're on the verge. They've always been on the verge. Good players. Um, good players. Yeah, good good players. players and a great manager now. Yeah. Never really progressed. So who are we coming up with next? Or oh, I'll speak about that the next team soon, and and liking them to what Everton should be doing uh, mm. over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. So we got. What have I got on the thing? I'm just looking at the notes. Well, what have you got? 
I was going to go Newcastle, Southampton. I think he was going to go West Ham. Was you mentioning West Ham? There? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to. I know let's, it's a bit. Let's of a talk jump, about West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's a perfect one-two pass for Seth to put it away. Then even though, <laughs> even though like, I flopped there. <laughs> what, what West Ham are doing under mm. David Moyes? Yeah, speak on that. Yeah, I just feel like Everton should be doing what West Ham are doing. I think they they've got West Ham obviously got weaker players on paper, but they just definitely just got a structure of of um, trusting the manager for and a good. A good manager. He's, he has been a good manager, despite some of the, you know, some of the failings at Manchester United and other um, establishments. But if Everton had kind of kept that ethos from when he left with someone new and just persevered, I think they would be in a much better position than they are now, where they're not having fast starts. They're having, you know, good starts but sustaining over the over the season like a marathon rather than running mm. like a hare and then, you know, I mean, getting tired at the finish line. Um, so I, re- I really love what West Ham are doing. Good, good group of lads working for the manager. Manager knows what time it is. Players know what time it is. And this is why, you know, they're doing so well right now. So kudos to West Ham. They're solid. I mean, you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, you look at the, the numbers from 1 to 11. They're all solid. They're all strong. They're exciting now. You know, he's playing the brand of football. This this sort of full-on Really exciting. He's got uh, Mikel Antonio firing. If he can just stay fit, and this is the biggest thing, I think, for West Ham fans. If he can stay fit and lead the line, he's an absolute beast, monster, and someone who's gone up through the, you know, the uh, uh, grassroots football and, and non-league, and he's really come on. He plays a number of positions, yeah, uh, really versatile. Yeah, I want to say and, um, that I think that West Ham really need that striker. They That mm-hmm. is what that's missing. Like, Antonio, like him or not, he he is still makeshift for me. He can hold the ball. He's got these attributes, which is nice, but he's not that he's not that guy like that. Do you know what I mean? And if West Ham can piece it together, I think they could be a force. And you know, so you know what? Can. I I think I think Antonio has the skills to be a twenty goal striker. I do. Wow. I think. I do. I think, and I think he could do that this year as long as he stays fit. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, because the the the, the havoc that the whole round team creates, and I think we have to give um, Moyes credit in also what he's put around him. So mm. obviously Ben Rama brought him in last year, didn't play him for much. Now we're seeing the bet the betterment of him. Pat, like Pablo Fornals has been a very good player for a long time. Like sometimes. <clears throat> marginalised and not really given um, the, the amount of games that he should do and like he's a very good player um, Jared Bowen has very very good like plucked him from um, the championship it has made him in like a very good Premier League player mm-hmm. they've still got Yarmolenko who will still give you like maybe seven or eight screamers in a season <laughs> Lanzini if he gets fit will be great I actually think they don't necessarily need another strike they need another striker for depth I think what they make need though is see that how they got Jesse Lingard in last season to kind of do be a bit a runner yeah yeah i think i just think they need a really cultured 10 if they could get like a very good 10 and say you know what i'm they're just going to add to that area of creativity i think that's what they're missing they obviously they brought in zuma as well which is a great signing and what and what everton have been doing recently as a comparison is they've been getting some of the 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 better players from the league but players who aren't that good so schneiderlin on 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 the downturn Awobi on the downturn. Like lots of players who you think are on their names sound great, but they're not actually good. Whereas yeah. to me, Zuma is still got some upward trajectory to go. And if you put Zuma next to Dawson with Kufal and Cresswell, and you've got Ogbonar and 
um, those players as backups, it's a really good squad. Mm. It's a really good squad that he's kind of created. I think with Zuma, <clears throat> and this you could be the same with uh, Ogbonna as well. They've they've got a mistake in them, mm. and if he can coach those mistakes out of them, or the players can support them when they've got the ball to eradicate those those mistakes or those passes, then West Ham can go on to build from this. But they're, they're full of running. They've got to keep Antonio fit. Uh, ben Rama seems though he's coming into his own now after sort of being introduced to the Premier League the pace last season and a lot of their goals are so um, unselfish like the the, the four land goal to the, uh, yesterday was just sort of beautiful weren't it just simple passing yeah. just opened it up I know against Leicester there was a few chances to square it and they're playing as a team and that's credit to the credit to the coaching staff as well I think that goal was showed really good awareness uh, from Antonio because you know he used to be a player that was quite rash and really raw with the way that he was playing. And sometimes, you know, he would get into a situation and he would pass when he should shoot or he would shoot when he would pass and he just looked really uncomposed and a bit clumsy. And I think there's still an element of that kind of clumsiness in his game where when you saw his goal even, it was kind of like bobbling and bouncing off of him and he had to spin around and get it in somehow. But he does seem to have added a little bit more composure to his game, a little bit more awareness and understanding of how to play with his teammates and be effective and mm. as as Ash said like he looks like someone that could grab 20 goals he even came out and said that that's his target mm. so I am actually hoping that he's going to make that because he's looking really good and like you say if he stays away from all of those injuries that plagued him last season if he didn't get injured last season West Ham could have been a contender for a Champions League race I think yeah, case in point this season with him his goal yesterday where it sort of came off his back <laughs> the way it dropped and he controlled it and then smashed it like that might not have happened a few seasons ago and then his touch against Leicester where first at first one. glance it looked phenomenal but <laughs> when you look back it's like <laughs> he's miscontrolled that and he's just put it home you know that's like all over the shop so they're I thinking for him now I think I think the first goal though is more the Antonio goal that we'll see a bit more so it just put his Leicester yeah, yeah where he's oh, pinned no, him no no sorry the Leicester one yeah go yeah on. he's pinned him he's done oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. he's spun and that one the second one where he kind of looks a bit Burkamp, Berbatov-esque. Mm. Like, mm, I, d- I don't know. Like, no, he definitely <laughs> didn't mean that. <laughs> that those, those goals with Antonio stay under the lights. But his first goal against Leicester, I can see so many people just being pat- like against him. Like, Imagine what he, he's going to do to our defence, Arsenal's defence. Oh, please, 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 please. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Cal referenced someone who was raw and sort of unpolished or sort of just head down but we've got another player here Newcastle 2 Southampton 2 uh, St. Maximin Mr. Gucci headband although I think he's changed the headband now um, coming up with a 91st minute equaliser um, Newcastle are a funny one you know there's hit and miss I think Bruce's job is on the line maybe you know Newcastle fans are never happy they went out midweek could it be him or Arteta that goes first? Uh, Ralph Hasenhutl losing loads of players and still seems to be putting the team together. Uh, a two-all result. Southampton need to be happy with that. Um, Ash, did you see this? This was sort of later on in match of the day. Yeah, no, I did. I, I caught up. So The Ward-Prowse penalty, 96 minute I'm seeing as well. Wow. Sorry, that was the last-minute yeah, equaliser. So that was the last-minute equaliser. Yeah, no, good game. I think what I'm seeing about Newcastle this season is a real willingness to go forward and to do a bit more abandon. Um, and I think maybe that's part of the reason as to why 
Bruce is under a bit of pressure because I feel like he wants to score a few more goals. Obviously, he's still got Will- he's got Willock there. He's playing Almiron. He's playing Maximam. He's playing Wilson. Um, he's playing Murphy, who was a, a right winger, who's now turned into a fullback. He's still finding a place for Matt Ritchie, who again was a winger, turned into a fullback. So I think he wants to play football. But like you said, Newcastle fans won a trophy. And I do think that him using playing an understrength team in that competition at home to Burnley, uh, I feel like a cup run gives a Newcastle manager a lot of breathing space. And when you keep getting knocked out in the early stages of these cup competitions and talking about, oh, we need to be in the league and stuff like that, I think the squad is good enough to survive another league campaign. I think you can actually go for a, you can go for a cup run as well. So I think he's done a, I think he's done a good job. I think he's actually done very well to move them forward from what Rafa was doing. Rafa got a lot of praise for the job that he did at Newcastle, but Steve Bruce has actually outperformed him. And I think it is a little bit unfair that he's getting the the um the criticism that he's getting from the fans. Mm. But when he does do those things in cup competitions, it's just another it's another reason for them to kind of like throw a dart at him. Um and I think he should really know a bit better by now. Mm. Um, moving on, before we get to the big game on Saturday evening, before sorry, we've got... Just before we oh, do sorry, move go on, on I've got to say, I really do like that Alan St. Maximan, you know. like He's probably my favourite non-Arsenal player in the Premier League. Do you, guys, do you guys think maybe he could play for Arsenal? Do you think maybe he could add a little bit of that no way man we're, we're, we're a shambles we don't need more like random players he's like <laughs> we need defenders we need a new coach we need a new manager we, we need, need goals defenders. as well though we need uh, everything we need we just need to change you know oh, i just think what he does is he is a bit like rash and he is a bit like raw but I've always said this for so many things in, and in so many positions. He makes the opposition think. He makes that fullback feel mm. uncomfortable. Mm. And that's what you need. So if there's no one in the Arsenal side that's doing that, even if he comes into the side, he's going to make the fullbacks that worry. Oh, shit, mm. when, they get the, when they get the ball, they're going to be two yards back rather than two yards forward. And that mm. is a positive for all the other players that need to move around to take up different type of positions if it has to be like maybe you know, two metres coronavirus type of, you know, distances <laughs> to him, you know, because... Hands, face, face. Yeah, yeah, really, you need to... When he gets the ball, you need to leave a lot of space because you can't be getting in his way, like, when he's when he's moving the ball. He um, does... He does that, uh, on, cross it, yeah, he does cut in and cross... Yeah, he does make you think... This is what Pepe should have been doing, but he's so mm. one-footed and doesn't realise when he's being doubled up to get rid of the ball quicker. It's, it's ridiculous, but... Sorry, Hashia. That was the point I was going to say, like, if you're... If I had to sit here and think about who's more of an agent of chaos, Pepe or set maximum, and chaos is never sometimes chaos isn't a bad thing. Like I don't know if I can sit here and be like we should go and like throw the bag at him, but if it became available and we got it for a decent price, sure thing because we don't have a player like that at the moment. Like we don't like Pepe's quite technical, but he's not a, a great. He's not great in transition. Saka good, but again, like not that great. We don't have. Good transitional players in the Arsenal team at the moment. So, for that reason, you would want someone like him. But again, he's just becomes he's another. It, to me, it's not really about the players at the moment. It's about the instructions the players are being given. The system, yeah. We don't have a system. transitional so, system. Yeah. We've got the players. We've got outlets. We've got Reese mm. Nelson, Pepe, Saka, Abamyang, pace on pace. Not to bring it back to Arsenal. Saint Maximin, yeah, Cal, great shout. Maybe I was a bit harsh there, but yeah, great shout to bring in. But they haven't got the coaching setup or the or the or the tactics to right break once it breaks he's out on the left 
you're running through the middle, someone follows and bing, bang, bosh, and then you, you can't, you're gone. So mm-hmm. I think it's, um, I, th- I think wherever he goes, I mean, he, he won't stay at Newcastle forever, especially if he keeps popping up with, with goals and assists. Um, I remember the other week he was twisting and turning, and he, you know, for the assist for Callum Wilson's first goal at, uh, in front of the fans this season. And um, he, de- he de- definitely makes defenders think. So that's a great shout from Cal and from Seth. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Um, quick one before we move on. Uh, it was the battle of the parties. Pookie party, Vardy party, Vardy popping up. No one's got him in their fantasy team. I don't know anyone that's got him in their fantasy team, but he's it's just too expensive. Up. Yeah, but he's worth it if you think about it. He's goal and assist. He's on pens. Um, I think he's on pens. Should be I think on pens. It was his end of season form that probably put a lot of uh, FPL managers off yeah, of him because he yeah, was I terrible at the end of last season. I thought he was going to start in in actual was going to uh, yeah. start now. I thought it's time for Vardy to maybe just get phased out, but maybe Brendan is actually going to phase him out later on in the season. Said, okay, mm. give me your fast start, mm. and then Kalechi is going to come on, uh, yeah. come through. He's still got that Daka, so got that Daka guy as well, isn't it? Or Dats mm. and whatever his name is, a really rapid guy. So have they still got the Turkish lad? No, I can't see. Um, that, oh, that, under mm, from last season. I don't think so. Um, someone who they're phasing oh. out is is Harvey Barnes, who I put him in my fantasy team, and he doesn't seem to be cutting it. Madison's still trying to find form. Um, in that show, last season. Yeah, but uh, Leicester, uh, Leicester getting the away win there after the West Ham loss with the red card uh, from was it Perez last week? Yeah, easy. Yeah, over the bet, over the ball, um, potential leg breaker and Norwich, you know, coming up, going down, yeah, yo-yo down. team. Finish. Yeah, nothing there. You finished um, already, sir. Finish club. Finish. Club. <laughs> yeah. Finish club. And then they'll be back. Then they'll be back this season. Like for for me, like um, I don't watch much of Norwich in the Championship, but for me, le- letting Buendia go to Aston Villa is just mm. just just absolutely criminal because he he came in uh what two seasons ago looked really good. Then he's gone into the championship. Now he's going to be ready to come in and and do stuff in the Premier. And you let him go to Aston Villa. I don't know what that's all about, but I just think that that for me is where they finished. Yeah, he's a bit still there. They didn't should he? have um, they should have dug in their heels, kind of like mm-hmm. what Daniel Lee mm-hmm. did with Kane. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the problem there is you can potentially end up with a big player for you that is underperforming and isn't playing well, and then maybe you should have ended up just selling him and and moving on. Because you won't be getting the best out of it. Yeah, I hear that. I hear, I, I hear that. It's, it's, it's a valid point. But I feel like with the momentum of Norwich coming up from the championship, they possibly could have, you know, built on that together and be like, you're the guy we're going to build around you. You know, hopefully we'll stay up and, you know, just give it a go. Give it a right go. Uh, I just don't think they've done enough. So they're down yeah. for me. Yeah, they're they down. Seem, they seem a bit light all over the field in terms of, Enforcers, Bendia was a bit more solid. I mean, Brandon Williams, Aaron's quite like Gilmore, as good as he was technically. Yeah. Cantwell, as good as he is, sort of technically light on his feet. Pookie is decent, but is he going to get you, you know, nope. 15 goals a season? No. Nope. So not looking good for the Canaries. Every time Vardy scores now, I'm waiting for his celebration at the opposition fans because he's the master of <laughs> s housery shall we yes. say yes and i was waiting for him to do some canary 
chirp chirp dance or something like that he, he started howling at the Wolves fans he's he loves it he loves it so and it's good to see that in the prem because you want to see a bit of banter between the, the players and fans so yeah. well, just before we continue is Vardy a premiership legend Ooh. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, wow. yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he is. He he's is. won the league with him. His story, his, his rise to success, where he's come up through, you know, the lower leagues. Um, that season where they won the league, the goals he bagged and just, yeah. I think for, for me, the types of goals that he has scored during his time at the Premiership has just been absolutely amazing. Like, I think he's mm. just grown so much in order to be able to score them type of goals. Like, the goal against, like, Liverpool, for example, the volley. Mm. It's just, like, that's not someone that's trying. That's someone that's built his confidence and learnt how to kick ball in order to to score those type of goals. Like, some serious goals he scored, man. Like, ratings, full ratings I'd, to him. I'd even say he's, like, almost not, like, yeah, I'd say he's, like, the ultimate striker in what you're looking for. He's, he, you know, he's not going to hold the ball up. He'll press from the front. He'll score a header. He'll score a tap in, which he's done against Arsenal. He'll score a volley. He'll, he'll, he'll give the assist. You know, he's, he's, he won't give four or five stepovers and make someone, but he's just in and around the box. He's, he's reliable. So yeah, he's definitely a, definitely a legend and a, and a great striker to, um, and still got the pace in his age. You think how, you know, still rapid. The first five, ten yards, clear, right. The big game of the weekend, the evening kickoff, which I was surprised. I thought they would have done it on a Sunday, but maybe sort of television or whatnot. But um, Liverpool playing Chelsea. Uh, Thomas Tuchel bringing his Champions League winning team to Anfield. The re- return of Van Dijk. I said that Van Dijk would have Lukaku in his pocket, um, and he pretty much did. There was one run that Lukaku picked up at halfway and just ran in a straight line pretty much and then just lost the ball and social media was like two games for Lukaku to to bring back his old ways. Um, I thought Matip did really well. I was really impressed with Harvey Elliott. It was good to see him get a second start. And and I thought he did really well with the occasion. Um, Chelsea took a a, a mid-half lead with a Havertz flick on, which was a great goal. And they were looking really solid. You know, Liverpool were trying to break them down. And then towards the end of the half, it all went off. Uh, a goal mouse scramble, sort of Sunday League-esque. Um, Reese James, the ball coming off his thigh and his hand, stopping the ball from going in the goal. Referee went to VAR, straight red and a penalty. We'll, we'll talk about that now. And that sort of seemed to swing momentum for Chelsea. They were obviously livid. And then a bit of fracas between Mendy and Henderson, which handbags. Mo Salah put it away. And then it was just the second half of 10 against 11. And two cool sides showing all teams how to defend but how to defend with 10 men against Liverpool um we'll go Ash Cal and then Seth what were your thoughts on the overall game and first Ash was it a penalty was it a red card yeah it was so the rule says that if you deny a a goal with your arm um then it is that and now I understand that it hit his knee and actually if you notice there's actually two incidents where it hits his hand so there's a first one where it hits his knee initially hits his hand then the ball's still kind of going backward and he then moves his arm towards the ball and ushers the ball off. I don't think he means to do it. It's just a, an, an instinctive thing to do. But he did deserve to get sent off because that is the rule. Um, it's an instinctive thing to do, so maybe it's a stupid rule. Nah, no, but, no, 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 no. Because I think 
like naturally something's there you you kind of move towards it anyway but you have to have something there because that ball's going to go in without it um and is denying like denying a goal scoring opportunity is a red card denying a goal with your hand and you're not a goalkeeper is a red card this th- these are rules that have always been here like I'm not mad at the rules um in terms of the game the two players I really want to um I want to highlight are two unsung heroes in so far this season as well. So um, Joel Matip has been exceptional Mm. in his three games. He's been absolutely outstanding. Mm. And for me, this is a last chance saloon for him because he keeps getting, he keeps getting injured. He he's that walking toilet paper, like literally a little bit of wet and he's gone. But I actually think, I personally think he's outperformed Van Dyke in the first three games of this season. Mm. Um, Yeah. He's been very, very good. If you watch him, yeah, he was very, very, very good. Solid and, um, yesterday. And for Chelsea, it's Chris, Chris Jensen. Um, he's playing as the central um, centre-back out of the three. Obviously, what that means is you've got Rudiger to the left and you've got Aspie to the right. But I've really seen him just grow and develop um, as as a leader of that back line. And he's he's been excellent for Chelsea as well. Like, very, very good. He started the first three games. I know they're looking to get that Jules Koyunde guy from... Um, from from French football, but I really hope it's not at the expense of Chris Jensen, who I think has been, oh, I think has genuinely been exceptional this season as well. Mm. But they've got a deep enough squad; they'll be battling on all fronts. So um, they just have given that aerial power and athleticism at the back mm. as well, which they need and allows the fullbacks. I was really impressed with Reese James. Um, he had the corner and um, great unfortunately, as well. Oh yeah, great flick on it. And what I think. Klopp was saying before the game, for, sorry, before I pass it on to Cal and then Seth, obviously, but Klopp was saying, you know, you can't just concentrate on Lukaku because the other players, the big players will, will punish you. And and then he pops up. Havertz didn't really do much in the game for the first 45 other than the goal. Um, and then they, there you go, Liverpool were against it. But uh, yeah, the red card changed everything. Cal, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, well, firstly, I think Ash pretty much covered it all. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I will highlight Mendy as well. I think he made some great saves mm-hmm. in that game. And he's proven to be an excellent signing for Chelsea. Um, it, I just think their recruitment has been absolutely outstanding. Like, they mm-hmm. kind of identify where the weak areas in their team are. And then they just spend the money to, to bring in somebody. They don't mess about trying to wheel and deal and, and get the best bargain. They just get the player that they need and that's one thing I've always admired about the way that Chelsea do business they brought in Mendy to fix uh, their problem with Kepa uh, being a bit flappy in goal um, they brought in uh, Tuchel to to kind of fix the problem of like you kind of highlighted Arsenal's problem seems to be with the instructions and with the organisation of the team not maybe so much with the personnel so they brought in Tuchel to fix that at Chelsea and then they've realised that Werner weren't slapping the ball in the back of the net so they've gone and brought in Lukaku to, to deal with that and what you're looking at now is a really solid unit to the point where, as I said, you know, they can play with 10 men and they can still <laughs> look like an absolutely solid unit. Mm. To be honest with you, I didn't really see much of a difference from when James got sent off uh, to when the rest of the team played with 10 men. They still seemed really organised. You just see the back line running all in tandem and and the, the the shapes that they take, the positions that they make. It, it just looks so different to what you see at Arsenal. They're so drilled. It's like a military group. You know, like when you see a military parade and they're marching all in tandem and it's just the organisation is ridiculous. That's kind of what it looks like when, you know, you watch Chelsea at home on the TV and you can see the the, the players lining up in formation and moving all in sync. It's, it's incredible. Honestly, I, I've still got Chelsea as my shout 
for winning the Premier League. And this game actually just confirmed it for me that they are looking that good. Mm. Seth? Yeah, I think I think all the points that have been raised have been really good. And yeah, I have uh, Chelsea as my number one as well because I've just they've just got the structure and they've got the striker now to go ahead and uh, win this league. So that's all I'm really going to add on and that great performance from them. So just quickly then, just to add to it, get your view. Who are you maybe f- fearing as your, you know, as Man United had to travel to Anfield or Stamford Bridge? Which game of the two would you think? Oh, I don't fancy us too much there. Um, or do you think you've got enough to get a draw and a way win? I think we've got enough to, as as good as they are, and now they're back to kind of full health. I still think we have enough to go to Anfield and win. Um, we've got we have got the players for that. Uh, but Chelsea, though, just the way that they, mm. they, they're drilled, Stamford Bridge is always, always a tough place. Although, with that being said, we have had their number over the last like few years. But I just think it's just a different, different proposition we're talking about now. Uh, they're big problems. So Stamford Bridge, uh, I'm not too sure if we'll, we'll get much luck there. But Anfield, yeah, I've, I think we can get the three points just because of, you know, the way that those games just run. Um, yeah, I think we'll be called there. Action pack end to end. Usually Liverpool, Man United, where Chelsea a bit more reserved now, especially with Tuchel pulling the reins. Right, moving on the fixtures. Um, Patrick Bamford, aka Hattrick Bamford, as we as he was kindly named at the beginning of last season with fantasy football he's had a call up to the England squad ahead of Mason Greenwood which a lot of people may be surprised with um Leeds are away to Burnley we've got Spurs at home to Watford Harry Kane agreeing to stay uh, and you know I thought I heard something about signing a contract although I'm not too sure about that and then we've got Wolves at home to Man United we'll start with uh, Ash's sort of family related with Leeds um agreeing with Bamford getting the call up You still with us, Ash? Maybe he's gone. Uh, you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. What was your Sorry. thoughts on Bamford getting the call up? Yeah, so um, I think it's deserved. I think Greenwood had a great end to the season and a, and a very good start to the season. But I think Bamford had a great season last year. So, as a result, he was really pushing to be in the squad. And actually, I think I would have taken Bamford over Watkins, if I'm honest, because I think Bamford's a better player than Watkins. Um so what's happened with that is I think it's he was due his call up anyway. And I think with Greenwood, he's he's undeniable. Like he's going to be a future England striker. So I f- almost think you can give Bamford the look now, knowing that you've got Greenwood to come into the into the squad um anyway. Um I'm looking forward to this game. Um I think I'm gonna suggest I think Leeds went there and won four nil last year. I don't think it's gonna be that emphatic, but I think it'll be 2 1 to Leeds. Was there a sending off there, that Burnley game that caused that Leeds? Nah, it was just Harrison spazzed out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Harrison Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was mad. It was mad. Well, I got, I got Rafinha, which a lot of people do, so I'm hoping that he pops up. Um, I think Bamford, if, we, if we're talking about Spurs' next striker, Bamford might be the look mm-hmm. for them. It could That's be the look for them. He's a, good, he's a good striker, he's got a lot of tech. That we probably don't see, but yeah, mm. just, um, you know when um, uh, that uh, that Crystal Palace game, uh, yeah, obviously that 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 Tekos was absolutely a madness. So yeah, he's so got Tottenham, it in his locker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tottenham should look at him 
if they're going to lose Kane, he should be yeah. next. Yeah. Well, interesting. Sorry, Cal, was you going to say? No, no. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Kane saying I'm staying at Spurs. I think I've speaking to a few Spurs friends. Um, the way that uh, Levy and 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 um, the uh, Santos managers handled it. Uh, they say it, 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 they've done him well. You know, they've done him well. It, it, it looks good. They haven't sort of rubbished his name. They just let him get on with it. It's Kane's representatives that haven't come out too well in this. The fans are going to forgive. Obviously, he's their main guy behind Sun, and uh, he scored midweek in the European qualifier. He, sh- he should be starting today, but them agreeing with Kane staying is, has to be a big marker for Spurs. Um, and you know, I think he's going to push on. Um, Sorry, are you saying Kane's agents are more to blame than Kane himself? Here, I think what people have said sort of speaking to friends and on the radio his brother who's his agent or his representatives sort of pushing this out and the way it's all become a bit messy have hasn't made Kane look great in that light so Kane saying <clears throat> he had a gentleman's agreement with Levy um Levy's not going to sell him for you know for, for, for nothing he's obviously a, a shrewd businessman um and I think the way they say that the manager and, and, and Levy have dealt with this has, has done has come out well is my is what I was getting across so that's my understanding from people I don't think Kane will come out too bad he's he's not refused to play completely you know he's not throwing a sulk he's sort of getting on with it and uh, he'll repay them with goals uh, being you know the best striker in in the league and and arguably the world um is is it are Tottenham two for two yeah. on yeah so yeah. I I with Kane obviously he said that he he's a hundred percent saying staying this summer. He didn't say for the whole season. Mm-hmm. So January is going to be a very interesting time. We're going to see where Tottenham is at. And if Tottenham are not necessarily in that kind of Champions League places, we could be looking at Man City probably coming in to take them forward to the Champions League trophy. And that's because Kane will be eligible for the Champions League. Mm. So th- th- let's keep very close tabs on this one because it could be a January move. Mm-hmm. And even on that, then I think if if Grealish is seen as the summer transfer and wrapped into the end of last season, I think for financial fair play, Kane would then be classed as this year. So even even being able to buy the two, you could it's easier to maybe get Kane in January than Grealish as a result. So that's yeah. probably another reason why they could have maybe gone cold on Kane for now. Because yeah, I think it was very telling that he said I'm staying for this summer, but he didn't say. I'm I'm staying for the season or staying beyond that. He just said I'm staying for this summer. Yeah. It's like Manchester City have put in that cheat for Championship Manager that gives you just like unlimited funds and they're just <laughs> sweeping up. <laughs> <laughs> just typing something. So you you two think he'll go in January or he could go in January depending on where Spurs are. I think could definitely. I think yeah. he's definitely gone by next year. But I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Kane moves in January. He he just needs to not get injured as well. Like he always his, mm. his, his ankles have been a bit of a problem. Yeah, so I think he just needs to have a clean run to January. Um, obviously, just pick up the normal standard injury, but that particular injury he cannot be picking up, um, mm. because you know how Tottenham have been rushing him back, England have been rushing him back. So if he can be clean, then mm. I think he I think it's a big possibility. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, He's played I agree a lot of football. So, especially as they're getting into Europa and, and, and as they progress through that, um, is it Europa? Be... Is it is it Europa? No, no, it's, oh, no it's sorry, it's the um. That's yeah. That's why I'm saying he might. Yeah, the conference. Yeah. That's why I feel like 
that that could be him in January. Because he might want to play that, yeah, look, yeah. Yeah, look at the draw that Man City might get. They might look at it and say, like, okay, we need this to take it there. Mm. To be fair, I think for a player of Harry Kane's quality to be playing in the third tier of European football, that is, you know, he probably feels embarrassed about that, knowing that he could be playing in the Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. Not even could be, should be. A player of his quality should be playing in the Champions League. Talking of Champions League, talking of players who... You know, when you think of Champions League, this 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 young well, he's not even young, well, he's younger than us, but uh, <laughs> he's the same age, man. Yeah. Well, talk about it. Not me, I'm old, man. Me and Cal are older, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, Wolves at home to Man United, and news of Cristiano Ronaldo potentially signing, going back to one of his old clubs. I don't think it's gone through yet. Seth, what's your views on on this big signing to uh, strengthen it up? Absolutely amazed at it. I just thought, wow, it just it just came out of nowhere. Um, it seems that Man United probably just there's a few phone calls that happened. That City talk was not running, and I think that's <laughs> where it's this is where it stemmed from. It's a proper statement for Man United to say, no, 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 you 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 got money, but you're not doing this. Um, we and Ash have been speaking offline about this and, mm. and I think just the main thing is about Mason Greenwood, like just making yeah. sure that he gets the minutes because you've got Cavani. Ash also said Greenwood can learn off Cavani. He doesn't need to learn off Ronaldo as well, like, you know, um, and be be shuffled into the sidelines by Ronaldo. So it's a bit of a tricky one. Whilst I'm happy at the statement we are making, it's about the future and, and Greenwood's mm. our future and I really, really don't... Um, want his progress to be stifled. Um, I've got a feeling, sorry, before you jump in, Ash, I've got a feeling that obviously Cavani is going to be here for the season, Ronaldo two seasons. So I think we might be looking in, uh, not this summer, um, following summer for a move on Haaland. I feel like that might be where we're going. Can so, I just jump in quickly on Cavani? Because I just, I'm just i confused about what's going on there. I heard that he's going to miss quite a few games for you guys, like maybe potentially about 10 games. Oh, wow, because of uh, injury? Yeah. Okay. Well, if that is the case. Not even injury, because he's actually fit, but it's something to do with um, like a mix-up and then him being rested because of the international uh, games in the summer. Right, 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 right. Okay. So, yeah, maybe... Nice. Crazy situation that you got a player of that caliber and he's not playing games, and but now you got Ronaldo. Yeah, because there's yeah. definitely certain things that were going on um, last season, especially with Greenwood. I just want to point out that goal against Tottenham with someone like Cavani in your side, the movement and all of that. Greenwood is not doing first time crosses into the box if mm. he don't if he's not learning about Cavani and his movement. Mm. So you know, people like him is just it's, it's such a um, solid uh, guy to have. I just don't want Greenwood to also get confused. Yeah, what's happening? So yeah, that's it really. Yeah, like I intimated to earlier on, but while I can see commercially why it makes sense, historically why it makes sense, even romantically why it makes sense. To me, on the football pitch, I think Cristiano Ronaldo in the age he is now, he's a bit of a vortex. So he almost sucks up the good in others to make himself look good. So if you look at Juve last season, Juve, his numbers were great, but a lot of other players who are very, very good players, um, 
Oh, I can't remember the guy's name at the moment. He's the guy and he's got that mad... Oh, he plays for... He's left-footed. He'll come back to me later on. I can't remember his name in it. But like he's a he's a top player, the Argentinian guy, top player. But the baller, that's it. The baller. His numbers were a myth. Like, and what I think United are going to do is you've already got someone like Bruno Fernandez in the team who, like, he's he's a stats man. He's pens. He's 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 all about his goals. He's all about his numbers. I don't think you can have two of them in the team. So as a result, even in the Euros, when Portugal played two of them, they didn't look as good as when only one of them was playing. Now, if you're saying to me you're going to get rid of Bruno Fernandes, who's been United's most effective player, and actually diminish his force to bring in a 36-year-old Ronaldo, that to me isn't good business. If you're going to bring a 36-year-old Ronaldo and that's going to stop the likes of Rashford's, it's going to take some of Rashford's minutes, it's going to take some of Sancho's minutes, it's going to take some of Greenwood's minutes, it's going to make lots of other people have to move around and accommodate this 36-year-old. I don't think that's good business. Yes, Ronaldo is an amazing footballer, but he's 36 years old. He's not at the peak of his powers. This, it, to me, the striker that Man United needed is not Cristiano Ronaldo. I think I think Man City needed someone like Ronaldo, someone who just cares about his goals, cares about his numbers, and they let the rest of the team do all the pretty stuff, and he just scores. United's United's pattern of play is not developed enough. It's not it's not been refined enough to. to to really get the best out of someone like Ronaldo. So I've got major reservations about this from a footballing standpoint. Commercially, it's brilliant. And I think he's going to make the money that his his cost or his wages is going to come back fourfold, right? But to me, fundamentally, where United were last season, finishing second and actually being able to bloody United, um, City's nose a couple of times, getting to the, to the Europa League final and wanting to make a statement in the Champions League, I'm not too sure the sign of Ronaldo allows them to actually move forward in the way that they had been moving forward already. I've I got to say, I mean, I, I'm surprised at the lack of excitement. And, you know, I was expecting there to be a huge embrace for Ronaldo coming back to the Premier League. I mean, it's all valid points that's been raised. It's all valid points. Um, just to clarify on this Cavani situation, it was to do with the Premier League red listing um, of the COVID-19 regulations. And so that's kind of going to affect Cavani and South American players when they go into their internationals with the international week coming up. And so it's going to be a situation where uh, the likes of Fred and Cavani won't be able to play for United for, for quite some time. They might not return until the Friday before United face Newcastle, it says here in an article in the Manchester United News. But I just think from a Manchester United perspective, Greenwood is definitely the future. Uh, Cavani was the present and bringing in someone like Ronaldo, it's just going to be like, you know, you've had these guys like um, Igalo coming in and, um, you know, I think for the past few years now, United have been bringing in some kind of like wily strikers with a little bit of experience and a bit of nous, you know. You bring in um, someone like uh, Zlatan who's going to help guide the youngsters and Ronaldo's going to do the exact same thing except you've got somebody now who's arguably the greatest player who we've seen play football in our lifetime definitely up there in the top two so to bring him in he's only going to enhance mason greenwood he's only going to enhance rashford he's going to enhance sancho by the end of the season after having a season of training with cristiano ronaldo every day those players are going to be taking their games to the next level i think it's absolutely brilliant but that's just my opinion i i get i get what you're saying and i'm not i'm not taking that away but i'm talking about the on-pitch stuff that happens because I feel like, yeah, you can you can definitely have that. And you can learn that from him. And I'm not going to say they're not going to take lots from him, his mentality, his his training, his diet. But 
People, some what I've been hearing is there's been lots of excitement, but they're talking about Ronaldo like he's 29, 30 years old. They're not talking about this new Ronaldo who, as much as he scored, so he scored what three penalties, a tap in, and a, and one half decent goal in the Euros. He wasn't good in the Euros. I don't care what anyone says to me. Ronaldo was not good in the Euros. So lots of people are going to be saying, "Ah, oh, he's this, he's that." That's fine. He's got the elite mentality, but coming to this league now, is he going to help Man United get to where they want to get I, to? I, I think maybe people who remember the old Ronaldo, they, they might be in for a bit of a shock because his game is very limited now compared to how expressive he used to be. He used to be able to take players on. He used to be able to come inside or play outside. He had a lot of pace. He could beat players by just knocking the ball or he could do all kinds of tricks, mm. hold up the ball, suck players in, <laughs> just come inside and just play a pass. He's not doing any of that now. He's mm. literally just going to be like a goal hanger waiting for the ball and then mm. trying to score. And then maybe even his uh, his finishing, his uh, shooting accuracy isn't probably what you would like. But at the end of the day, he, his aerial prowess is still absolutely incredible. Like, he would be a really good target man for United. And with Pogba playing the way that Pogba's playing right now, I do think that if you can create chances, if you can play some some balls onto him and get him in goal-scoring positions, he will slap the ball in the back of the net. And mm-hmm. a Cristiano Ronaldo in that Manchester United team, instead of Mason Greenwood, that should be able to make you Premier League title contenders, in my opinion. We'll see. Wait and see. Honourable mention to the water carriers of Fred McTominay. Because <laughs> you need you need them, man, there. Because the, the, what is it, the, the picture of uh, the whole United eleven, and then it was like... A wing and a prayer in centre mid, defensive mid. But you, you need them players to sort of. You've got the back four, you've got the keeper, keepers, you've got the front four, whatever. So we'll go and see. Um, in other news, let's go through this quickly because I know everyone needs to be getting on. But in other news, Denmark Simon Jair, hope I pronounced that medical team honoured with award with saving Christian Eriksen's life at Euros 2020. Christian Eriksen suffered a cardiac arrest and collapsed in the field during Denmark's opening match, and we all remember that. And those are uh, sort of horrific uh, images that was sent uh, and he's since been fitted with a pacemaker uh, to sort of monitor his his heart rate and you know we wish him all the best um, he was rushed to hospital um, and his team the Denmark captain Simon Gere and the medical team that saved Ericsson who sort of put him in the recovery position consoled his wife and led his teammates to form a shield while the medical team worked on him on the pitch have all been awarded with the 2021 UEFA Presidents, Presidents Award it was great thinking by the captain and the teammates, it was, you know, it's really sad to see that. And it was just a, a nice mention for solidarity. Um, I think we can all agree it was sort of really horrific seeing it at the time when we spoke about it in the pod. But it's, it's some good news that <clears throat> Ericsson's doing well and his team have been mentioned and honoured with this this award. So that's that's good news for them. Um in other news as well, just looking at my notes, we're going to talk about AS Roma, who uh, Roma's transfers have been used to find help missing children. And there was a, a recent um, case of a missing girl that was was found based on the Italian football team's transfer video. So with all the transfers going through, um, promoting players, you know, promoting the new signs to the club. The owner is using this to highlight the case of missing children around Italy and around the world. And off the strength of that, there's been a number of, of cases where children have been found. And I thought this is a real, you know, feel good um, story to share. I don't know if anyone's ever seen these uh, these transfer videos at all, but um, Roma's forward 
Um, Eldor Shomadov said it's hard to explain the happiness he felt when his transfer announcement led to a Polish girl being found. Um, so in 2009, Roma started using this transfer announcement videos on social media to highlight missing children across the globe. The Syria are... Uh, the Serie A club's campaign has now helped find 12 missing children since it began. So well done to Roma. This isn't something you really hear that often. And, and hopefully this could be done with other clubs around the world. I don't know if anyone else has seen these videos at all. No, I'll just say that's a brilliant initiative. That is it's kind of like, you know, how you used to get missing children on milk cartons, that kind of thing. Mm. Absolutely brilliant idea from Roma to use, you know, a platform that's going to be seen by millions of people around the world, like a new transfer announcement. Yeah. Wow. To, so they've partnered with, help find missing children brilliant yeah they've partnered with charities around uk italy greece belgium kenya now poland and it has been used to help children so that's been really positive and moving on cow's team uh into miami hope i said that right david beckham and his team under a bit of uh scrutiny recently with the council apparently money that they've uh accused uh, the, the soccer clubs accused of breaking a deal to build a, to build a florida park seems to be going uh not too well for for your team there cal and david beckham um fort lauderdale's vice mayor says the footballers team played foul in building its facility then stifling the city on the park so david beckham and his team are in the news there for the wrong reasons well i mean uh, i i don't know how much is fact and how much is sensationalism really i want to defend bex but it, it does look like shady business if you agree as part of your deal uh to build a stadium that you're going to also provide some facilities for the state you're going to build like a park for the people then you should probably do that and so th there's talk that you know there's there's a lot that's been a plot of land that's been allocated for these public facilities and it's currently being used as like an overflow car park and it's like all gated off I mean, yeah, well, maybe there's plans to do it. Maybe just, you know, one of those kind of project management things where you've got plans, but then something pops up. So you have to change your plans. And then the money that you was going to use to do that, you had to allocate that to do something else. And maybe they ran out of money to do the public facilities and they're thinking we'll do it next year. But mm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it looks bad. Um, it's saying Beckham's United's legal representatives did not respond to multiple requests for comment from The Guardian, uh, which we got the article from. And it seems to be there's a bit of a, a case of uh, promising to use the land for, for, for different purposes and, and not coming up with that. Um, Seth, where does, does Beckham get into your Man United all time 11? Oh, so it would be Beckham against Ronaldo, isn't it? That's where the, the real kind of <laughs> verses is, isn't it? Um Oh, bench. that's a tough one. Makes the bench. Makes the that's bench. That's a tough one. There's going to be a day when I'll say Bex. It depends. You know what it is? Because I think when you make first 11s or the all-time 11s, I think I, I'm a person that likes to structure it and think, yeah. how does it work? So if I'm then going to say uh, who's up top and I'm like someone who doesn't really head the ball, doesn't want crosses, and likes it flat, then we're going to go with Ronaldo plus his goals. But if I know that, uh, it's going to be first time whippers from like all parts of the the right side, and that person's going to get their head on it like Van Nistelrooy. Then I'll put Bex in. So yeah, that's a that's a real tough one. That's a okay. that's a good question. So yeah, good good good. Well, right, I'm going to make you uh, as we end the show with yep. our guests. We usually like to do the one two. Basically, this is me just Ready. giving you quick fire 
alternative choice questions and don't even think about it just give your answer um i'm semi-prepared so some of these might be a bit sure, delayed sure, but sure, sure, we'll go sure. over it right Get uh, it. matt busby or alex ferguson uh alex ferguson uh ronaldo seven or r9 uh r9 uh world cup or european championship world cup uh andy cole or dwight york andy cole Peter, uh, sorry, uh, Peter Schmeichel or Fabian Bartes? <laughs> oh, Peter, that's easy one. <laughs> Schmeichel. I thought you to say Edwin van der Sar. That would have been a tougher one, but yeah. Edwin van der Sar or Peter Schmeichel? <laughs> uh, I'll go for Edwin van der Sar. Uh, uh, Ronaldo or Messi? I'm Messi. Ma- Messi or Maradona? I'm Messi. Maradona or Pele? Uh, Pele. Grass or AstroTurf? <laughs> Grass. Blades or moulds? Blades. Socks up or socks down? Down. Short sleeve shirt or long shirt? Short. Eric Cantona or Paul Pogba? Uh, what's that? Nah, man, you can't do that. What do you mean? Both oh, charismatic French leaders. That. That's a... Oh. Come on, man. I got him. I got Cantona him. did too much for us here, Cantona. Cantona. Um, music, man. Uh, records or CDJs? CDJs. Uh, Serato or Serato. vinyl? So, <laughs> <laughs> all them DJs who can't mix and you're pressing the sync button, yeah? Yeah, I'll t- sync all day long. I don't sync, but yeah. But, yeah. Um, re- <laughs> now, you're a, you're a sound man. Uh, podcast or radio? Uh, radio still, yeah. Um, Old Trafford or Wembley? Old Trafford. Um, a headed goal or a volley? Oh, volley all day. Jeez. Okay. Cal, I'm running out of ideas here. I might need you to jump in. Oh, I've got a few more for you. Lotto or Kappa? Uh, Kappa. Adidas or Nike? Adidas. Um, I'm running out of oh, things now. Although, although I've got some hot night pieces now, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Ronaldo's or Burger King? Oh, boo. Oh, that's just uh, <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> all right, all right. I think I think we grilled him enough. I think we grilled him enough. Listen, I can't believe he chose uh, R nine over CR seven. Call yourself a United fan, Come on. bro. R nine, R nine was just doing too much for my childhood. I I appreciate CR seven so much, but oh, like some of the highlight when he was at Barcelona and he's young and it's just it's just a madness, bro. Yeah, and against and against better defenders, I would say that I, that's why I, I'm really tied in with that era. Mm. Oh, wow. I hear you. I hear you. Yes, that's um, was just. Uh, but yeah. Ah, mm. uh, last one. Italian ninety or France ninety eight? Ah, uh, France ninety eight. Therefore. Oh wow! Great, okay. great tournament and that Burkamp goal against Argentina. Oh my God! Greatest yeah, World Cup yeah. goal of all time. Oh, it's up there. It's up there. I think yes for me because I actually saw it and I screamed so it and it touched me. <laughs> And any time yeah. I see that highlight, I don't know about you, but if you see a certain highlight of a goal that maybe someone scored for your club, like a really important goal, like, for example, when Solskjaer won the uh, Champions League for us, that goal, when I, it, there's a little part of me, I just feel it. Like, it just mm-hmm. touches me. Something goes through my veins or my heart that's just like, <gasps> I just love that. Love we, that we, goal. We have a similar experience when Alan Smith scored against Palmer in the Cup Winners Cup. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not the same. I'm, I'm only joking. That volley was a great volley, though. It was a great volley, but it's banter because Arsenal 
and never winning the Champions League. Not in our lifetime. Right. Uh, Seth Combo, um, let us know where we can hit you up on the socials. If you don't know, then I don't know what you're doing. You need to follow my man, Seth. What's Please going do. on? Let us know. Um, yeah, just Seth Combo, S-E-F-K-O-M-B-O. And, um, you know, just like this pod, I've been progressing over the last year. Um, shameless plug is that I was on the front of Mixmag. Um magazine which is the one of the world's largest dance electronic ma- music magazines out there um alongside kitty and more and i think just just going to be great stuff happening in 2022 where you're going to see me performing on really big stages and just um expressing my passion of uh, house afro house music to to the world so um just look just just look for me and and just come on the journey with me because you know i do it for the people the culture um and it, and you guys mean uh, as much to me as the music. No, we appreciate it. And uh, big up Kitty Moore as well. She's definitely absolutely. Is she a football fan? We get her on the show, maybe. Yeah, she 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 she's probably back now with Chelsea. Now Lukaku's here. So, yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, we yeah. Let's let's all get on a pod and just and just mm. chat because she she used to play uh, oh, football wicked. herself. I think she used to play with Monkey as well, um, the DJ. Um, so yeah, like, definitely nice. would be good. Yeah, yeah. Check out that mix mag. Um, the YouTube you did a mix for them as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, but it's worth watching. Yeah, I've played that yeah. a few times. Um, yeah. so this YouTube, Seth, SoundCloud, Spotify, everything, check him out, check what he's doing. Big up, uh, Kitty, big up everyone involved. Big up Ash, you had to leave early, Cal, big up yourself and myself. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave a comment, share all the good stuff. Have a good week, stay safe. I'm out. Peace. Peace.